0: someone keeps calling me and it's driving me crazy
1: so when are we gonna eat we yeah i'm starving
0: listen kid i hate to break it to you but the dynamic duo is now the dynamic uno ladies and gentlemen welcome to the style guide podcast with your host dave morris and steven or how are you stevo
1: i'm fantastic dave how about yourself
0: i'm doing really well man i'm doing really well uh i'm just uh uh, I almost set up my recording situation facing in a different direction today, and then I thought better about it.
1: Why, why did you? Why did you think better of it?
0: Well, I just thought it would throw me off, and I'd be facing a different direction. And I need to be focused for today's podcast.
1: Yeah, but I mean, we we both know that last episode I recorded using the worst microphone possible, so you yeah, know, throwing you, you, us all off was.
0: Yeah, you was weren't normal. very focused last time. See, that's well, why I didn't want to do it. If I was facing the other direction, I would be using my laptop microphone from, like, a distance. It would be terrible.
1: Oh, that would have been the worst. Who would do that?
0: <laughs> so, um, anyway. We are continuing our uh, our series on Disney films today, uh, which is fun. Uh, and we're moving into what you call the Silver Era?
1: The, yeah, the Silver and Bronze Eras.
0: Yeah, but but the Silver Era? What is that, exactly?
1: Well, there there's... There's a set of films that are made in the post-war period that continue to develop Disney and be strong films, but they're different than what we'd seen before with different styles, and it's the end of Walt Walt's career before, uh, before he passes. That's kind of the silver era for me. Got it. Got it. It's a series of films that, in some ways—and I think we'll get into this through the podcast— are superior in quality to everything that came before but are eh, i don't really i don't care about them
0: not as charming as cinder as as uh, as um snow white yeah 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 okay um i, I ask and i joke because there's dispute <laughs> when you look around the internet or other places for the G- disney silver era you may not find anything so <laughs> for those of you who are looking for it it's it's the the latter end bit of the what is also referred to sometimes as just the golden age uh which is from cinderella to the jungle book is what we are referring to as the silver age here right yeah because there was there was a so because if you consider it all just the golden age there's this period in the middle where all these war movies get made that doesn't quite fit in a golden age so we've kind of that that's acting as like a cut between these two good eras of disney
1: yeah, and I thought that it was an inelegant solution to suggest that that's all the golden era.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. I agree with your reasoning here. And uh and I think it's a, a it's a it's it's correct to call these the two good eras, the golden age and the silver age because what comes after the silver age is the bronze age, which we'll get to later in this podcast.
1: Yeah, that's when we first start making tools.
0: Yeah, which is also sometimes re- referred to as the dark age of Disney because it's where the movies get pretty bad. And bad in more of a I think box office return. Uh they had one that was a huge hit, but the rest were all pretty pretty lousy, even though some of those movies I still think of fondly. Hm. Mhm. I'll,
1: I'll be interested to see which ones you do.
0: Well, let's we'll get to it. Let's start with the Silver Age, christened by Stephen Orr.
1: <laughs> and which which starts us off with Cinderella,
0: which is the movie I think of as the the classic princess movie of Disney, yeah, uh, or the the yeah like the because Disney the Disney princess I think of Cinderella first. I don't know about um, you, like I don't think of Snow White and I don't think of Sleeping Beauty first. I always think of Cinderella, and I think it's just because it was a movie that we had on VHS when I was a kid. And so it was the one I watched the most. But I also think it's the best one of those three. Of the of those three, like Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, which one? I'd go Cinderella every time.
1: I think... What becomes interesting for me, and this will probably be our age gap more than anything, is when I think of Disney princesses, I think of the Renaissance era films. Mm-hmm. I think of Ariel. I think of Mulan. I think of Jasmine. And and Cinderella comes... She she probably comes forth, forth in my thinking. So I think she comes before Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. I don't even remember what Sleeping Beauty is about. But uh, C- Cinderella uh, is is up there when it comes to those three, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's just to me, yeah, yeah, so I see what you're saying, because, like, uh, Jasmine, Ariel, like, I mean, Jasmine's my favorite, but uh, um, <laughs> uh, the modern, the Renaissance-era princesses are not quite princesses in the same way as those original three princesses were, if you know what I mean. Like, Jasmine is a sultan's daughter, Ariel is the King of the sea's daughter, and yeah. uh, who is the other one you mentioned? Uh, the other one is Mulan uh, Mulan, yeah Mulan who isn't a princess right right um, so they like they aren't actual princesses. they're just the leading lady characters who fulfill the role of princess, I guess. and they're also much more active and do things but but yeah so like i I just think of like when i think of like a classical disney princess like kids at disneyland go and they dress up like these princesses uh cinderella is the is my princess the the one that i look for the most
1: yeah that that makes sense and and cinderella does certainly fit the princess uh archetype much more than the ones that i'm talking about for sure the only the only one that maybe beats her would be princess leia who is
0: now a disney princess Oh yeah, she is. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. And Cinderella is uh, a, a, actually a good movie. It's a pretty good movie, uh, as far as like entertainment goes. It's got the 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 wanting for you know she wants she has a want. She's poor. She's got an evil stepsister, the evil stepmother, uh, the fairy godmother. Bippity boppity boo. Is that what it is? Yeah. Bippity boppity boo. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got like the mice that she talks to, and then she goes to the ball and the whole pumpkin thing and the, the and like the slipper, like so many things from Cinderella, are like part of our culture now. That it's, uh, it I think that just shows how that movie was actually a great breakthrough movie that did a lot of good in the world.
1: You're you're right. It it is one of those films that has endured in popular culture far beyond itself. And what's funny for me is that I I think about this film and and I feel like in a lot of ways it suffers from the same problems that Snow uh, Snow White did, where the character doesn't do much. You know, Cin- Cinderella is a fairly passive character throughout the film.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and that's such a as as somebody who spent a lot of time paying attention to stories and paying attention to even things like the hero's journey and that sort of stuff it's fascinating to watch these disney films where not a lot happens that the main character can be said to be responsible for Mm -hmm. things just happen to her and and she gets rushed along for the ride
0: yeah which is why i uh that's why i think of her as a classic disney princess Yeah. Uh, Instead of the modern Disney princess who gets themselves into trouble and all that and goes and makes deals with devils. (laughs) Sorry, devil squid women.
1: And gets themselves out of trouble, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because Cinderella is like she's in a bad situation. A fairy godmother gives her everything she needs. And then she gets out of the bad situation because the mice help her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They help her escape from her room so the prince can put the slipper on her foot, and then she marries a prince. So is, she is pretty like passive, like uh, stereotyping uh, princesses. But as far as those go, she's my favorite because <laughs> she's crafty. She makes a dress,
1: and it has a lot of little fun bits where, it, it, similar to Snow White, it 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 feels magical and fun and. And pumpkins turn into things, and I, it, it it plays it plays with these characters in a way that's just enjoyable to watch. It's it's definitely undeniable that Cinderella has that just sort of whimsy and magic. Of yeah,
0: Disney. and I think when people say things like you know uh, your fairy godmother, uh, they're talking about Cinderella, the fairy godmother. When they say things like "I better get home or I'm gonna turn into a pumpkin." they're referencing Cinderella incorrectly of course because she never turns into a pumpkin but you you know what i'm saying um and so i think i think the, the the Cinderella's worked its way into our language a lot uh which i think is a is a sign that it it was a impactful film yeah not not to say that it wasn't a story beforehand but i think the film uh, the disney film particularly is what blew it into uh, into our our culture
1: yeah, and, and we find that um a lot of these Disney stories were stories before, but Disney takes them over.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, co-opted them. Like our next one.
1: Oh, like our next
0: one. Yeah, like the next one, but you were about to say something.
1: Um, well, I, I was going to say, it, it, it's interesting how different this is from the Bambi storytelling for me, because... Cinderella's magic and wonder isn't present in the Bambi film idea at all, and and it's going to be interesting that when we, I I think we see two different kinds of Disney. We see this magic and and whimsy, and then we see these animal these talking animals living their lives, and they're two different kinds of Disney films. Mm-hmm. And I think that continues all the way through a lot of Disney stuff. But it's it's a like for example. The Lady and the Tramp. The the lady isn't considered a Disney princess, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. She's she's she's, she's her own she's thing. A, she's a dog.
1: She's a dog. Yeah, she, she is a dog. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it's two different strands of storytelling that we get from Disney, and and that's kind of an interesting thing to note.
0: For, yeah, and I think you're right because in like the, I mean the the original ones like Bambi, there was no magic in it really. Yeah. Snow White, there was magic because of the witch. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Bambi had talking animals. Uh, Fantasia was a bit of an outlier, but there was magic in there for sure and talking animals. Mm -hmm. Dumbo, talking animals, and that's it, no magic. He flew without magic. magic, he just flew. And then Pinocchio was no talking animals but magic. So yeah, I think you're right. And that does definitely carry through in this era for sure. And Cinderella has uh, a bit of both. It's got the talking animals and the magic. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Jiminy Cricket talks in Penelope, right, of course. Yeah. Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> yeah, so our next movie also is uh, was an existing story that Disney uh, maybe didn't co-opt as much as, as classical fairy tales like Cinderella, but co-opted enough that I think it's most people's introduction to the story, uh, which was Alice in Wonderland. yeah. Yeah. Maybe nowadays Tim Burton might be people's introduction to that story, which is unfortunate. But uh I think for uh most of our generation it was Alice in Wonderland, the Disney cartoon.
1: Yeah. And the Cheshire Cat, I like that that is the Cheshire cat for me.
0: Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say if you close your eyes and picture the Cheshire cat, you're gonna picture the one from Disney. Like yeah. you can't not anymore the purple giant eyes, yeah.
1: Yeah. And there are parts there are parts that have kind of fluttered away as as time has passed but the Cheshire cat really sticks with me because in in the Disney film that was kind of a it, it was this weird mix of scary and uncomfortable mm-hmm. which which Disney was really good at in in what I'm calling the golden Age you know lots of lots of making kids feel uncomfortable but also amidst the the whimsy and fun of the film. And, and Alice in Wonderland kind of returns to that again and again.
0: Yeah. And Alice in Wonderland had, like, because, um, like, the whole, the story of Alice in Wonderland is more similar to Fantasia than anything else, where it's just, like, a lot of, like, these mini little bits that happen while she's wandering through Wonderland. You know, like, there isn't much of, like, a, like, the overarching story is she falls down a hole and she tries to get back. But on the course of it, you have, like, the, the uh, what's the race called? The Caucus race? Caucus? crumpus crumpet where they run around the rock when the water comes down whatever uh there's like the the race at the beginning there's the the smoking caterpillar she meets there's the flowers that smell her there's the cheshire cat there's tweedle and tweedle the walrus and the carpenter like there's so much like these little like little mini stories and you could see disney employing what it did in fantasia uh in this sort of like framed narrative of alice in wonderland which, and all of those characters are, again, part of our culture. Now, part of that is Lewis Carroll's influence, of course, because the story is excellent. But when I think in my brain of the Cheshire Cat, I picture the Cheshire Cat from the story. When I think of the Smoking Caterpillar, I see the Smoking Caterpillar from the Disney story. You know, like, that's my frame of reference for it before Lewis, Lewis Carroll's book. Because let's be honest, most kids will watch a Disney movie before they'll read a book.
1: Well, and that's that's kind of the... The fun fun? That's that's the fascinating thing for me with with That's the
0: fun thing for me (laughs) that kids don't read
1: Well, Alice uh, Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan and I'm trying to look through uh, and the Jungle Book as well, you know, we've got stories here that are stories that were firmly embedded in popular culture already in different ways. Robin Hood as well Mm Mm-hmm even even the black cauldron although less so and and disney takes them and makes them entirely palatable to children and and even even in these early days of film it's it's an era where these stories are going to become the first introduction to these these different tales for for children in a way that makes it i think hard when most kids watch or, or or sorry when most kids read the jungle book not to think of disney like kipling kipling becomes replaced by disney's vision even if you go and read the stories in the jungle book later you're still going to see those characters and and that's exactly the case with alice in wonderland i can't read alice in wonderland without being brought into disney's world
0: yeah and you yeah and uh and like i mean The Mad Hatter, the voice of, uh, what's his name? Ed, Ed, Edwin, not Edwin, but Edwin. That the, the, I can't, I'm not even going to try and do an impression of his voice. (laughs) Maybe we'll cut in a copy a a, a example of his voice right now. I'll say it's rude. It's very, very rude indeed. (laughs) That voice is like, that is the Mad Hatter's voice to me. And whenever I hear that voice anywhere else, like if you're watching Mary Poppins, uh, he's in Mary Poppins as well. He's the guy who like laughs and floats to the ceiling. I'm having such a good time. I wish that you could all stay up here all the time. Huh. When I hear his voice outside of Alice in Wonderland, I my first thought is that's the Mad Hatter's voice. Like I, his voice is so recognizably the Mad Hatter with that like almost like his tongue sticking out the whole time while he talks. So like, yeah, they've, they've definitely... Uh, put into my brain images of classical tales. that I I now know the story so well because of Disney, not because of the original material. Which, I don't know, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I know this is something that I think we have to talk about with Disney at some point because so much of Disney's success is taking other stories and making them good.
1: Yeah, that's, it's interesting because that kind of we don't do that in the same way today.
0: Pause for a second. Pause for a second. Sure. Missy forgot her phone, and it was just dinging a whole bunch. Ah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, continue your thought.
1: The, these these stories in some ways disney is is the beginning of remake culture which i guess starts at the beginning of cinema really yeah because lots of what we do today is retell store older stories or or adapt you know the hunger games or harry potter into films but there seems something different about the way that disney does it than the way it happens today is that does that seem fair
0: I think Disney was, was uh, yeah, I think that's fair. And I think I would I would distinguish it in the sense that, like, today what people are doing is taking other pieces of, of art and melting them down and then reshaping them. Whereas what Disney did was kind of like mining for gold <laughs> and then building something out. Like, they would look into, like, uh, places that, like, mostly literature and fairy tales and old fairy tales. You know, like, not... They wouldn't take another movie that had been made and remake it. You know, they looked for something that maybe no one had ever heard of and turned it into a a movie. I mean, like, The Lion King is like that, too. Like, there was, like, another story that was basically the same story, but they just made their version of it and made it way better. Not to say Alice in Wonderland is one of those, but most of these are those.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe that's fair. Because there's something about when I watch Alice in Wonderland that doesn't feel like it's just trying to take take the Lewis Carroll story and and put it on screen. Like, when I watch most of the Harry Potter films, they feel like they're trying... Like, especially with the first couple, they feel like they're just trying to take the book and throw it on screen. And there's very little that's new and, and vibrant brought into the process. Whereas it seems to me... Disney was doing something new with every single animation that they brought to the screen.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I think one place that that is most obvious is music. Yep. And bringing songs into these classical stories. So they are like like, um, Cinderella... Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day, it's Cinderella. Like they, they turned it into a musical, which means mm-hmm. they created all these songs and, and things. Bippity-boppity-boo, like that sort of thing. So they created, uh, they took these things that, uh, these stories that we knew. Okay, hold on, man. I got to stop for a second because someone keeps calling me and it's driving me crazy. Maybe it's busy. It might be. Hold on. Okay, sorry that was Missy. No worries, no worries. Like they, they, they took. They, they didn't just uh, take a story and put it on the screen, but they took a story and breathed, uh, breathed new life into it, with music and uh, taking these characters and making them incredibly iconic looking and stuff. So like they did, they did a lot more than just uh, remake it. They, uh, they reinvented it, I guess. Uh, is that fair? Like it, like.
1: Yeah, because. I, and I and
0: I'm, I'll keep going back
1: to Harry Potter because it's easy, but The Hunger Games works as well. Um, like it's not as if The Hunger Games or Harry Potter told new versions of that story or created new languages to tell those story. Whereas with something like Cinderella and something like Alice in Wonderland, they're they're adapting these stories and they're inventing new ways to to even talk about them and show them on screen and. And so what we see with Alice in Wonderland is a version of Lewis Carroll, but it's also a version of Walt Disney
0: 100%. Yeah, like, like the, the, the Mad Hatter's Tea Party, right? Like everything that happens at the Mad Hatter's Tea Party happens at the tea party in the book. But the way it happens in the movie where it's like the dancing around and the cl- new cup and the cling cling and the sugar that moves around and pours in the cup and comes to life and all that sort of thing that makes it feel like a incredibly magical moment. That's not all in the book. Yeah. And like like the Dormouse that floats up into the sky and falls down and sings the song like that happens, I think, in the book. I don't know if he flies up in the sky, though, but like the song he sings in the book. But. The way it happens in the movie is fun. It they sing, they float, they fly, and they do all this stuff. So, like the Mad Hatter tea party in the book is, is different than the Mad Hatter tea party in the movie, and the movie I think does it better, hmm. which is not to slight Lewis Carroll, but to compliment Walt Disney is what I'm trying to do. Yeah, well, and, and same with Cinderella. Like when you think of Cinderella's like evil stepmother and her evil stepsisters the in the book they are not as well like uh as like i don't know comic relief type characters that they are in the movie or yeah in the movie
1: yeah no i, I think that's absolutely right and i guess i guess this is an easy enough bleed into the next film that we're going to talk about which is that which is peter pan
0: Ah, oh, what a great movie
1: it, it yeah
0: you don't like peter pan
1: it, it's not that I don't like Peter Pan. It's that this is one of those films and there are a couple of them in in this little era that have been replaced for me by later films. So oh. I can't really when I think of Peter Pan, I think, you of, think of Hook. Hook. Yeah. yeah. And no no amount of rewatching Peter Pan will do that. Will, will undo that because for me Hook is Peter Pan
0: which is funny because to me hook is the sequel to peter pan Hmm. because it is i mean hook if you remember it is he's all grown up and he goes back to neverland yeah so the uh events of peter pan have already taken place but they never really talk about them in hook they hint at them and and that sort of thing but uh it's not really like explicitly stated yeah and whether or not he's even really Peter Pan, you know, like that's the whole point of that movie. And so when I think of watching Hook, the Peter Pan that they keep not talking about is Disney's Peter Pan. Right. It's not the book Peter Pan or, or sorry, the uh, the stage play, the original stage play Peter Pan. It's the it's the Disney version of it.
1: And and this uh, may be a little bit of our age, because for me, I probably came to Hook before I even came to Peter Pan.
0: No fair enough, yeah no that that makes perfect sense, yeah, but yeah, because the the story in hook is 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 a sequel, it's a sequel, yeah, it happens like thirty years later, right, when Peter Pan's all grown up and he has a cell phone holster.
1: It might be the greatest sequel
0: <laughs> well, I think the thing is is that it's a technically it's not a sequel, yeah, because it's not a Disney movie, right it was is it Disney um Disney Spielberg didn't make hook Spielberg did, did it. Uh, yeah, yeah no so he did it,
1: it he did it with Disney and Paramount
0: oh there you go so did, it was a sequel to Peter Pan because yeah all the ele- all, all, all the things from the original Peter Pan are brought up sort of in Hook you know uh, and it's and it's I love watching Hook because it's like seeing Peter Pan all grown up
1: and huh, that's that's an interesting like I I, I knowing that's the case but having not really thought about it that way that might that might breathe new life into Peter Pan for me next time I watch it.
0: Well, I mean, it, it what it does is it, is, it uh, is the story of Peter Pan really makes the story of Hook more meaningful. Like when Captain Hook steals his children, you know, and there's like the note from Captain Hook, it's like, you know it's Captain Hook before Captain Hook shows up. Because you know Peter Pan and you know that his enemy is Captain Hook. Right, And when Dustin Hoffman comes out looking like that cartoon but brought to life, <clears throat> again, that shows you this, like, how much more it was based on the cartoon movie and how, again, Disney has, like, infected our culture by, by co-opting these old stories and turning them into their own story. Uh, so, like, the idea of Captain Hook coming out with, like, the boots and the red jacket and the, the curly hair and stuff like that. And, like, Dustin Hoffman was trying to look like Captain Hook from the cartoon.
1: Yeah, yeah, and... And I think I think we don't get Hook without Peter Pan prior. It just I think yeah. I'm I'm facing the same problem that maybe some kids today are facing with Alice in Wonderland and Johnny Depp, for example.
0: Oh uh, yeah, Johnny Depp is their Mad Hatter. Yeah, not she... Edwin, which is such a shame. And Edwin, that guy's voice. Butter. Uh. Butter. Oh, thank you, butter. <laughs> yeah, that's fine.
1: Well, and and Johnny Depp's Mad Hatter is. Uh... Have you any idea why
0: a raven is like a writing desk?
1: We'll talk. No, no. That's just... Actually, we'll never talk about it because it's not animated, but it's not very good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so Peter Pan is one of my favorite childhood movies as well. It's up there with, like, uh, with, um, you know, like, Aladdin and stuff as one of my favorite Disney movies. Peter Pan is up there. Even though it has that incredibly racist scene that has been, uh, as far as I know, cut out of future releases, but I could be wrong. Um, the song with the the First Nations people. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's generally cut out, which is for the best. Yeah,
0: yeah, it should be because it it does not, does not do well in today's world. I don't know if it did well then. And I think the only reason it was ever in the story is because the original Peter Pan is written by uh, an Englishman. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, But anyway, the, but the, the story of Peter Pan and, uh. And Wendy and trying to find a shadow and using soap to reattach it and, and using the pixie du- the fairy dust and flying off second star to the right straight on till morning, la, la, la. Like all that sort of stuff is such a huge part of our culture. And I don't think it's because of John Barry's book because most people don't know who John Barry is. Uh, so they only know it through Disney. His name is John Barry, right? I didn't just just like prove my point by making my point
1: uh well he's he's not john barry he's james barry but well 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 <laughs> no we're not going to cut that from the podcast unfortunately
0: <laughs> no it's okay i just proved my point by by making my point point. and oh no wait i think i am wrong it's james barry but it's jm barry so come on i did pretty good <laughs> Yeah. Hey, most people don't even know Barry is the last name.
1: <laughs> but P- Peter Pan, you're right. It becomes an important touchstone for our culture. And Tinkerbell, like I think without Tinkerbell, I don't know if we get Navi in the in the Zelda universe.
0: Wow, yeah, wow, never thought of that.
1: Well, it it just it and it just ends up being interesting where these strands go. Like this is I think the first that we see mermaids on uh on screen 53 maybe that's right but like this is going to be you know a, a little idea that gets taken up properly in the little mermaid and mm-hmm. and done yeah. in kind of a different different way but i just i i i recognize peter pan is important and i always forget that this movie exists
0: oh yeah no i don't i don't it's up there in one of my favorite disney movies yeah
1: well, oh, fair enough. Yeah.
0: Or maybe not favorite, but definitely most memorable Disney movie Yeah, is uh, is Peter Pan because it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, the one thing about it that is uh, interesting is I don't remember many of the songs from it except for the one that always gets cut because it's incredibly racist. <clears throat> um, the rest of them I don't remember. So the songs aren't great. Like there's one where Wendy sings Everyone to Sleep, All the Lost Boys. Oh, I don't yeah. remember that song at all. I have no memory of that song. Uh, all I know is it's something sweet and like something about going to sleep, probably. I don't know. <laughs> I'm guessing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I find that I forget that these are musicals.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah. This, this era is definitely a forget their musical kind of era. Yeah. Yeah. Which. uh, uh And actually, yeah. Yeah, no, you're totally right. They are musicals, but you do forget that they're musicals. Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp. It, it, Lady and the Tramp has music in it, but I don't know. Is it a musical or is there only a couple songs?
1: Um, I think it's as much a musical as
0: anything else. Well, we're talking about it now, because the only song I remember from it is the Siamese Cat song.
1: We are Siamese, if you please.
0: We are Siamese, if you don't please. Yep. Again, Disney edits somewhat racist.
1: The, I, I, I'm looking here at the track listing on Wikipedia, and a lot of these look like they're supposed to be songs.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember too many from Lady and the Tramp either.
1: I don't remember any of this.
0: Well, there's like the, the accordion song when they're in the pasta restaurant, when they kiss, you know, the classic scene from Lady and the Tramp. That is... The scene, the scene that if anyone remembers, that's the one they remember.
1: And that's all I remember from this film.
0: You don't remember like the Scotty dog and stuff?
1: No, none of the, like, I don't, I don't know what the plot of this film is. I don't, I don't, I couldn't, if you, if you really insisted, I I would say that probably the tramp is the main character, but.
0: You know what? I, I don't remember too much of it either, but I do remember this. The tramp is this like cool dude, and I'm pretty sure the lady doesn't speak at all.
1: That seems right
0: right uh just is that true am i just making this up uh does the lady and lady and the tramp speak
1: i don't think so you know what i'm just gonna say that you're right I, we, we've we got no way of knowing this and but you, like i think this points to this being one of those very kind of forgettable films
0: yeah it kind of is eh? Hey? yeah
1: and in in some ways that ends up being too bad because that that kissing scene ends up like that's that is such an important scene for pop culture
0: the italian the spaghetti thing yeah Yeah. and and Mm -hmm. i
1: think that's where we first see it i don't think that that happens live action prior but yeah but every comedy ends up making fun of that for decades
0: yeah and that is the most mediocre movie from this list Mm -hmm. yeah the next one of course sleeping beauty is also in that same camp of movies that i don't really remember very well
1: yeah I know. I I know that Sleeping Beauty, like I I know the general plot of Sleeping Beauty, because I know the the Brothers Grimm story, but mm-hmm. I like I don't.
0: And this this blows my mind is because I always thought Sleeping Beauty was the first uh, Disney movie. Yeah, but Snow White was. Yeah, and I mix those two up because Sleeping Beauty looks so old when you watch it. <laughs> Right, like it looks super old. Right, am I right? Am I wrong? Am I right?
1: Well, I mean, I think a lot of these films look super old, um, but there's Peter some... Pan
0: does not look older than Sleeping Beauty.
1: Well, and and that's the thing. Like, I talking last week, I would have placed Dumbo later because Dumbo sits in with Alice in Wonderland, and even Peter Pan in. In there's something about it where the magic seems to make it seem more recent, whereas. Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. Uh well, no, Cinderella later, but Sleeping Beauty and Snow White, they you're right, they seem old.
0: Yeah, it's uh and I I don't really remember the plot of that movie because again, it's 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 a it's along the lines of of Cinderella where everything just happens to the hero. I mean, The Lady and the Tramp is similar. Peter Pan I think is the best one for that because Peter actually takes them on an adventure. Uh but again, I guess if you look at it through the perspective of Wendy, she's just getting taken on an adventure. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but Sleeping Beauty, like she's asleep the whole time, isn't she asleep most of the time?
1: Um, Princess Aurora, she does some stuff. Ah, uh, like you're you're right. Like I, this is one of those that I just can't even. I can't even play.
0: Other than the dragon at the end, it's pretty forgettable.
1: Well, and the return of Maleficent, the the same villain from Snow White. Is she the same villain? They call her Maleficent, which is the the villain from uh, I think Maleficent's the queen, isn't she? I don't think so. You don't think so?
0: Oh. No, I think I think Maleficent's just from Sleeping Beauty, but you know, what do I know?
1: Well, th- no, you're this right. Those, yeah, no. Is
0: this one of those Quentin, Quentin Tarantino things where everyone's in the same universe?
1: This I thought that it was, but it turns out no. I have always just placed Maleficent back in into Snow White. Weird. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird you thing. Because next you're going to tell me that Tiger Lily is Pocahontas. She is. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> cool. Let's just keep going through this list, because these are the Lady in the German Sleeping Beauty are like this dip into Boringville. Yeah. But then we get into uh, 101 Dalmatians, which which is adorable.
1: It It's adorable, but it's also, I mean, there's something about the plot of the other ones that I'm more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Like I it's just it's straightforward when not Maleficent wants to kill Snow White like that that you know yeah. makes sense even even hook makes sense as a in in a way that's kind of rational to me, but Cruella Deville wants to kill puppies and wear their skin.
0: yeah, she wants to make a coat out of them yeah, 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 which I think is is a hilarious social commentary on the time because I think this was when fur was really starting to fall out of fashion. You know, and, like, like animal cruelty and fur-wearing was, was, like, a bad thing, kind of. No. And so making the villain this fur-wearing woman that wants to make a coat out of puppies is just, like, the extreme of that. Yeah. And her name is Cruella DeVille. Yeah, Cruel, cruel of Cruel Devil. devil. Yeah. Cruel Devil. Yeah. It's
1: ridiculous.
0: <laughs> oh, so funny. Cruella of the Village. Nope. Cruel Devil.
1: But, but, they're adorable. Like, the puppies are... Yeah, more adorable than anything else that's happened thus far
0: yeah and so speaking of your magic talking animals thing you're you're pretty pretty good you're you're killing it here like cinderella had both Alice in wonderland had um magic and talking animals
1: um i kind yeah i mean yeah, except they caterpillars and stuff i would call it magical land yeah
0: i called lsd um <laughs> Then Peter Pan, magic, Lady and the Tramp, talking animals, Sleeping Beauty, magic, One Hundred and One Dalmatians, talking animals. Look at you! This is you're you're right out there. To go back and forth here mm. for the next bit. This is incredible. Yeah, um, yeah, because One Hundred and One Dalmatians is talking animals. Yeah, and how adorable they are when they say things like "My toes are froze, my nose is froze, even my tail is froze," which is the most adorable part of that movie. And Corella Deville is like, this is like a to me, Sleeping Beauty and Maleficent, like the evil witch, not a very good villain. Hmm. You know, never really caught me. Uh, Peter Pan, Hook, great villain. House in Wonderland, there's not really a villain. She's her own villain. Cinderella, uh, evil stepmother, pretty good villain. Uh, but uh, 101 Dalmatians, Cruella Deville, awesome villain. Like, terrifying. Like, I think I had nightmares about Cruella Deville.
1: Which is funny because she wouldn't do anything to you because you don't have you know soft supple uh puppy skin
0: yeah but just this this image of this incredibly like it's like like bone thin tall woman with fur and smoking and those long cigarettes and like like so much makeup and lipstick you're just, it's just like that is like just so terrifying
1: i i agree 100% she is a she is certainly a freaky
0: villain yeah and unlike captain hook who's like a pirate you know yeah. and kind of funny and charming a little bit. Yeah. She is just straight nothing but everything she says just oozes evil and is more terrifying than a witch who's magical and evil because that's what she how she's been typecast through uh you know history. Uh she's just like a rich woman, which is like a very real world villain.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. She seems like she, she could especially to young children exist in the world. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and did and did you'd see women like her in the world, uh, and it was like a uh, of Yeah, terrifying. It's she's she was super terrifying. I'm, I'm uh, like maybe I don't know if she's the most evil villain, but she's pretty evil. Yeah, killing puppies and turning them into a coat. How much more evil can you get? Other than killing babies and turning them into a coat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no she's is a fantastic villain and and i i would say definitely up there as one of the best which is funny because this film itself is is another one of those for me that's mostly forgettable like it's not i i don't think i have any particular images or scenes that really endure but cruella de vil and a bunch of cute puppies is how i remember this film
0: what about the song cruella de vil cruella de vil if she doesn't scare you, nothing else will. That one, right? No? Yeah, no, that's no. a solid little song. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. Now, the next movie is the one that really stands out from the Silver Age to me. Okay. Which is The Sword in the Stone.
1: Now, stands out as in is bad?
0: No, is amazing. Okay. It's like, it's. I think it's the most uh, underrated Disney movie of all time. The
1: most under Wow, that's okay you're gonna have to explain
0: have you even seen the sword in the stone
1: I have seen the sword in the stone do you remember it I remember bits and pieces this is where I was because I was thinking about Alice in Wonderland and the jungle book and I was trying to to make an argument about how you know they they they've replaced the stories themselves and I thought for for a little bit that the sword in the stone replaced King Arthur and and that story for me but it, it didn't really it's no
0: it it really didn't. No, yeah, yeah. The Sword in the Stone did not replace Merlin. You know, like Merlin is – the icon of Merlin in your head is is probably from another place than Disney. Yeah. Because uh, they make Merlin like a bumbling old wizard. Yeah. Which uh, maybe he was, but I don't know. And same with like King Arthur. Like I don't think this replaces King Arthur in your head. It doesn't happen. No. Um, because they make him a boy and stuff. So there's a lot of like things in it where it doesn't so, – so it doesn't have that lasting uh, cultural – effect that all the other films do which is why i think it makes it the most underrated one because it is a great movie like it's a movie that so like when i try and watch an old disney movie usually what happens is i turn it off before i finish it yeah not because it's like uh, i'm like oh my god this is so bad but just because i'm like oh yeah i remember this movie oh this is cute oh this is fun oh, i remember loving that as a kid and you know i got other things to do you know like i just turn it off because it's not it's not the that the memory of it is really fun, and I really enjoy watching it, and and I see its value. But if I was watching Lady and the Tramp, I don't think I would finish it. Yeah, I might finish Alice in Wonderland. I would definitely finish Peter Pan. Um, Hundred One Dalmatians might not finish it, but The Sword in the Stone always I finish it, huh. and I have watched it recently, like in the last year, because hmm. I think it was uh, Disney had this thing where a bunch of their movies were on Netflix for a while. Yeah, and it was one of them, and I was I was excited, and I watched the whole thing, and it was great.
1: Okay, so remind me is this is Arthur kind of a bumbling main character here who is just yeah. kind of pushed along by the plot
0: yes okay he is Arthur but he's called Wart right okay. that's what they call him because his uncle is a mean person and his big brother's is oaf and stuff like that and so he's kind of like pushed around by them all and he's like uh, gonna be his squire or something like that when he competes in some knight competition and the our uh we meet Merlin who set up a chair in his house and he says, We're gonna have a visitor, Archimedes. I've I've looked at Archimedes is his owl. I've looked into the future, and I know he's gonna come, and it's very important that we educate this boy and help him because he's gonna be the king of England, or whatever he says. It's something like thing like that. And then Arthur falls through the ceiling and lands perfectly in the chair, and then that's where our story kind of starts. And Merlin ends up teaching him everything he needs to know to become a great leader, even though Wart doesn't believe he's gonna be a great leader, yada yada yada. A lot of fun songs and then eventually uh Arthur or Wart does something that offends Merlin he leaves and then Arthur goes back to his normal life in which he finds a sword in the stone and he pulls it out and uh, this the whole legend was anyone who pulls this sword out becomes the king of England and he pulls the sword out and they make him the king even though he's just a boy and Merlin comes back and congratulates him and that's pretty much the end of the movie okay yeah uh and so it's the story is pretty simple but the thing that makes it so fun is merlin is an incredibly fun bumbling wizard character with his grumpy owl archimedes yeah which is very like Iago feeling
1: that's and that's a good point huh
0: but, but they have these, like, uh, these little bits in the middle where he's teaching them about, like, being a bird, being a fish, being a squirrel. And so, like, to teach him about uh, underwater stuff, he turns them into a fish and they go swimming around the moat and they get into a little adventure. Uh, teaching him about physics and, gra- like, gravity and stuff, they turn into squirrels and they jump around on the trees where he f- gets into some adventures and stuff. And same with being a bird, etc. cetera. Um, and so it's this fun, like, little uh, – yeah, it's just a lot of fun little bits that build around the story of of King Arthur, and there's magic in it. So again, no, not talking animals, magic. Although they talk animals a little bit, but mostly magic. Anyway, so it's just a great movie. You should watch. It. You should watch it again.
1: Here, maybe maybe I will sit down and try and rewatch it because yeah, you're you're selling me on it more than the film did originally.
0: Now I will say this about it is I did I would have assumed it was older because hmm. it does have an older feel to it,
1: and I can't I can't I can't really. I guess I I mean it's another example of Disney taking what is more I mean, they're basing it on a piece of literature but Arthur is a fairy tale as well.
0: I mean more like a legend, yeah. Legend, yeah. Some some people I think believe it.
1: Well, that's
0: silly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's just let's just because we we still have to get through this the bronze age here.
1: I think that'll be easy, but let's let's move to The Jungle Book, you're right.
0: The Jungle Book, yeah. So The Jungle Book is is my version of a forgettable movie.
1: Oh, oh that's
0: the- Which I know. It's unfortunate, right? But cuz I remember The Bear Necessities. Yeah. And I know they dance with monkeys at some point and there's a snake and a tiger, but I don't know if I remember the snake and the tiger necessarily from this movie or just from the concept of The Jungle Book that I just know. Yeah right like and the pan- the panthers are a panther? The, yeah, yeah. Played by and Scarlett is he Johansson. Raised by tigers or a monkey?
1: Uh he's a man cub.
0: A man cub. So he's raised by wolves. Yeah. Yeah, okay. See, this is how forgettable that movie has been to me.
1: Well, and and my problem is that despite the fact that I will speak about how great this movie is, I confuse it with Tarzan all
0: the time. How can you confuse this with Tarzan?
1: Because the premise of uh a boy being raised by wolves versus a boy being raised by monkeys is or is tarzan raised by monkeys yes
0: apes yeah apes. i mean i did that same mistake just now so you <laughs> shouldn't be giving you a hard time yeah the jungle book is is, is uh and i think the, the the problem with the jungle book uh is that it like what is the story of the jungle book
1: He's uh th- this boy is is in the jungle be- you know in happily living with his wolf buddies. Um, a tiger is coming back. Uh, who? The oh man, you're right. There's the tiger. Like, all
0: I know is it's something about this kid that wants to. He's going to go back and live with humans again. No, is that the his his quest? And then he goes through all the and he meets all these animals in the jungle as he leaves.
1: Oh, now I'm thinking of Tarzan because that's kind of the plot of Tarzan.
0: Yeah, see I don't know. I don't remember it. But I just remember he keeps he learns things from all the different people he meets along the way.
1: Yeah, he he, he hangs out with all of the, the cool talking animals and and has mm-hmm. a bit of adventures with them. And I think for me the reason that this film has more nostalgia than my remembering it gives credit to is because I was a Boy Scout. And mm. and the jungle book is is used for Boy Scouts.
0: Yeah, it's, that's weird, right? That's like it's like the the language comes from the Boy Scouts. That might be why I remember the snake and stuff. Cuz my dad was a Boy Scout leader for a while, you know what he was? He what was he? He was Baloo. He was Baloo. My dad was Baloo. Yeah. Wow. Oh, our dad's were Baloo. Look at that. Yeah. And then there's what there's Kaa? Ka Ka, Ka Yeah. Ka, yeah. Khan. Yeah. Ka, Con. Khan. Sheer Khan.
1: Caw. Yeah, Sheer Khan.
0: yeah but that's right the boy scouts use the jungle book as like a naming scheme for their leaders
1: well and now that i try and remember it this is entirely a forgettable film
0: (laughs) yeah it's hard to remember right like and and it's not i think it's just because there's no real story that you need to remember in order like cinderella you remember because there's a story in it i mean i would even say peter pan is is pretty forgettable uh because like what is the story of that is hard to really pin down unless you've seen it recently uh, I think I remember it because I saw it so much as a kid. I think that's the only reason I remember it. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, though, again, what's, what happens in what order? Yeah, yeah. Does she meet Tweedledum and Tweedledee before she meets the smoking caterpillar? Good luck remembering that. <laughs> you know, so, like, they're, they're pretty forgettable uh, in, in, like, narrative. The Sword in the Stone, though, I, I remember perfectly. <laughs> but if you ask me, does he turn into a fish before he turns into a bird in the the teaching lessons... Uh, okay, I can't remember that. Okay, I, because the bird is the last one because that's when he meets the evil witch.
1: But but you're right. There's something about these that are still just a series of vignettes, basically. They're they're short little, little bits where yeah. the main character has some sort of fun adventure. Yeah. And they're all strung together in some order, but the order itself doesn't really matter to the story yeah. because it's not about the story. Like we're going to see once we get through the Bronze Era, where stories become more important for the Disney storytelling techniques.
0: Yeah, because Disney was still alive in the Silver Era, right? Yeah, yeah. And his thing was always that he loved the sort of magical, imaginative stuff of, like, making uh, plates come to life and, and do things and having little moving inanimate objects that come to life and animals that talk. Like, that was, like, the thing that he loved. Yeah and so in the silver age we see that a lot yeah like cinderella animals talking and uh is there things moving on their own not quite but like alice in wonderland is just like full of that kind of stuff peter pan same thing lady in the tramp not so much but that's why it's <laughs> and sleeping beauty i don't even remember uh but like yeah like the sword and the stone is again that's chock full of like uh, inanimate objects coming to life and moving and having personalities and things. Because Merlin uses magic to make things happen. Yeah. And so, like, it has, like, very Fantasia-type stuff where he goes into to get Wart out of the kitchen because he's supposed to be doing his chores, and Merlin's like, no, I want to teach you stuff. And he waves his wand, and all the things start cleaning themselves. Yeah. And then his brother comes in and has to fight with all these things that are cleaning and, and gets, like, you know, beat up and stuff like that. And it's just, like, that's right out of Fantasia.
1: Yeah. And then... I mean, as we, a, a, after Walt Disney's death, and I think the last film that he worked on was The Jungle Book, we mm-hmm. we move into the bronze or the dark era and we get a bunch of films that for the most part have plots that are stories that, yeah, that get it away is. from it's... the fun Fantasia style that Walt seemed so in favor of.
0: Yeah, and it starts le- leaning into storytelling, which hurt them.
1: Yeah, because they're for the most part, not great stories.
0: No. I mean, like, uh, the, I don't even remember the Aristocats. What happens in the Aristocats?
1: It's, uh, I, what I li- love about the Aristocats is that it's about a bunch of, it's a, an aristocratic cat family, which is uh, a fun little tongue twister, I think, to say. Um, yeah. And and someone gets kidnapped, and, and it's the, it's about...
0: Them trying to get the cat back?
1: Yeah, to yeah because the cat the 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 kidnapper wants their fortune um, or their mistress's fortune and they they they're trying to go get it back and and so it ends up being this kind of little little adventure and in some ways it feels like it's trying to capture the same sort of whimsy uh, and fun as 101 dalmatians but I, it it ends up being more of a story than 101 dalmatians really was and and i think suffers because of it
0: mm Yeah, yeah, because there's no characters that are memorable from the Aristocats. And there's no sequence that is memorable from the Aristocats. Yeah. Which I think makes it an unmemorable movie entirely. Unlike the Jungle Book that has sequences that you remember, but a story that's forgettable. Yeah. And the characters in the Jungle Book are, are incredibly memorable.
1: Well, and I mean, just to quickly jump through here through the bronze era from aristocats to oliver and company um Ugh. like which of these films do you really remember much about
0: i don't remember either of those two <laughs> I, like I, oliver and company wasn't that the same thing as the aristocats
1: it uh i think was a completely different film
0: isn't oliver and company a cat though
1: i i actually i don't think i've ever seen oliver and company it's one of those few disney films that i've just never gotten around to
0: um well let me tell you right now that oliver and company is in fact about a cat Hmm. and when i think of the aristocats (laughs) i mostly think of oliver and company
1: (laughs) well there you go
0: but if it makes you feel any better it is essentially oliver twist oh okay but it's a little cat and a dog
1: Oliver Twist with Huey Lewis and the News doing a song in there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is more or less all in my company. But again, I don't remember it. But I think you're right that they do start leaning into narratives here. Because, like, when you look at, like, what else do they do? They did Robin Hood. Yep. Which which I think is one of the good ones from this era. Yep. And Robin Hood is the story of Robin Hood. Like, straight up. It's just the story. Like, there's a few little maybe differences, but, uh, like, some songs in there and stuff. Like, uh Not in Nottingham, which is a really lovely, sad kind of song on the guitar uh, about how how Nottingham's not doing so good. Um, But yeah, so it's just like, it's a story. It's a narrative. The Rescuers, uh, another standout. This was like the the blockbuster hit from this era.
1: Can I just say for a second, like, how friggin' weird The Rescuers is as a concept?
0: (laughs) Yes, you may. Tell me more. Like,
1: (laughs) up until this point, I would say... I would say even like even the weirdest Disney story made some semblance of sense. And I'll say I'll point to Pinocchio. Like Pinocchio is pretty weird as
0: far it as it gets Disney. pretty weird, yeah. It goes it gets into weird trippy stuff.
1: But The Rescuers is about a shadow United Nations run by mice, where the the main character is a UN rescuer slash spy slash agent and a janitor who seek out the <laughs> devil's eye the largest diamond in the world to help someone in need
0: sounds like a good story to me man
1: it's so like, like when sitting down to put it on cuz this was actually on netflix i went i don't i don't remember this being so freaking crazy
0: yeah that is a pretty weird movie now that you put now that you say it like that it is absurd. I do have a problem because like I always mix it up with the rescuers down under. Right. Because that's the one I think I liked better as a kid. Well. When when they have to go against the evil like Australian hunter guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And he's trying to kill an albatross or something and they're like trying to save it.
1: Yeah, but you're, you're right. This is definitely it, it, it's one of their it's one of their weird ones, but it has a coherent story again.
0: But it was also the most popular one of this era. Yeah. It, like, broke box office records and stuff. Like, it did really well. Yeah. Which I think is why they made The Rescuers Down Under, and they didn't make The Black Cauldron 2.
1: Which is funny, because The Black Cauldron is based on a series of five books, and...
0: (laughs) And they stopped after the first one. Yeah. So... Uh, Because I've never seen The Black Cauldron. I didn't even know it existed. It must have been that bad.
1: Well, it was. I would say it is the darkest Disney film of them all. The the villain is a straight up lich, like, it's, wow. yeah. Um, but it it, I think as Disney moved more towards the fun and whimsy and away from the kind of terrifying, Bambi like the, the we talked a little bit about the freaky stuff that happened in Bambi and the freaky stuff that happened in Snow White and and the black cauldron is just straight up terrifying for large portions of the film
0: yeah and just for people that aren't nerds uh, a lich is like a uh, what like an undead wizard what would you call a lich
1: yeah an undead uh, wizard who has uh, extended their life unnaturally yeah Yeah. so
0: they're 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 not they're they're not undead like zombies they're undead like like dracula yeah but creepier
1: yeah i think dracula no fangs and more magic
0: yeah um so yeah that's a this a very outside the outside of the Disney standard <laughs> is this like da- Dungeons and Dragons type story
1: yeah and and you can see why they're calling it the dark era here not uh not because it it's all so dark and and gloomy but just because for the most part these films they don't know what they're doing after after Walt's passing
0: yeah and wh- looking at Disney from this list this is over what? How many years is this over? Is this like, like 10 years or something? Like uh, Closer to years? 15, yeah. Like 15 years worth of Disney. Uh, and these are the animated films that they're making. Uh, you could see that as a, like there must have been people writing uh, on whatever the equivalent of the internet was, things about Disney's doomed, like, oh, this is another bad sign for Disney. It looks like Disney's slipping and, and won't be around forever. The, the mega giant movie maker is almost over. Like, you know, like you could see that being the story, yeah. Looking at these movies,
1: well, and what's interesting for me, uh, and we don't need to talk about any of them specifically. I think we've pinned them all fairly accurately. Is the Black Cauldron? I'm pretty sure Tim Burton was a writer on. No way. I, I think he was.
0: No way. I, I think that's really. Yeah, I think that's... I, I'm looking this up right now because you have blown my brain. I'm out blowing my brain. Head. Oh man, it can't possibly be. It can't be. It can't be. Oh my gosh. Mm, okay, it looks like he put some visual art he visual character artwork was submitted by Tim Burton. It oh. got ca- got tossed out.
1: Oh, okay. So it was it was too dark. Okay. <sighs>
0: yeah. It wasn't it, it, I mean, if they used Tim Burton's animation art stuff, it might have been better.
1: <laughs> but but this is an era filled with them just trying to play around and figure out what they're possibly doing. And I mean
0: so so the one movie on here that I do like and again it's pretty forgettable was The Great Mouse Detective. Yeah. Like I remember liking it, but I don't remember what happens in it except that it's a Sherlock Holmes story.
1: Yeah, it's a Sherlock Holmes story, but it's even it's actually based on something that's based on sherlock holmes it's no way really (laughs) yeah it's a series of children's novels that they're they're basing it on so um and the children's sorry yeah the children's novels are an homage to sherlock holmes
0: weird that's pretty funny yeah yeah uh and i mean it was made by the group that made uh that later made the little mermaid and aladdin yeah like it was those people, so it is like it. It makes sense as to why it stands out in my brain. It's like a pretty good movie because uh, it was. It was made by some pretty good people. Um, I don't know if there's any songs in it though, but it is near the end of our Bronze era. It is the end of the Dark Age. It is the. It is where they are starting to get better. Yeah, um, and there's other ones here. I don't even remember. Like, do you remember the Adventures of Winnie the Pooh?
1: Um. Yeah. It's um. But it's like not the, a single story. I think I think that it's a series of shorts, like it's 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 many little adventures, um, and they're not tied together in any cohesive way.
0: Yeah, and someone who's listening is probably kicking themselves that neither of us have mentioned the Fox and the Hound yet. Oh, because I noticed some people that's like, they're one of their favorite Disney movies.
1: That I don't even, I don't, I forgot that that was even a Disney film.
0: Yeah, the Fox and the Hound, which I think. Is so wonderful because one of them dies in the end.
1: Oh, well, that's lovely. That's what I want in my kids' movies.
0: Yeah, doesn't that doesn't one of them die and everybody cries at the end?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna believe that that's the case. And uh, bold move, Disney. <laughs> uh,
0: I could be totally making up a story here. I don't know. I'm not gonna try and find the story. Maybe they don't die at the end. I just know it's sad, and people love it.
1: Yeah, I well, and I like I think like the the reason that these are two different eras is the silver era we remember those films in bits and pieces and and they they matter in a bunch of different ways and the bronze era doesn't matter at all.
0: Yeah, no you could skip over it and I mean as long if you pull out Robin Hood The Great Mouse Detective maybe The Rescuers that's enough from that era. Yeah. And maybe just Robin Hood and Maybe just Robin Hood. I would like The Great Mouse Detective, but I can imagine other people would not. But Robin Hood was pretty good, man. He was a fox.
1: It's pretty good, but it gets covered as much in any other version of Robin Hood except for the Russell Crowe version. Like, they don't do anything that makes it new enough.
0: Yeah, the Russell Crowe version does make it new enough, but terribly.
1: (laughs) Robin Hood is fighting for the Constitution of the United States? What?
0: America in England. yeah uh <laughs> i'm sorry but no the, i think the the robin hood the the uh, prince of thieves with kevin costner is the is the one that culturally got robin hood into our brains yeah that's the one that kind of won that
1: yeah well and they're very similar beat for beat like it's and and that's the thing about this era i don't think that they're doing enough new and fun to make these stories worth uh pointing to you know two decades later, three decades later, four decades later, as things to watch.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, you're totally right. If someone was like, what does, someone from like who'd never seen Disney or watched a Disney movie before was like, what Disney movies should I watch? None from the Bronze Era would come up. Yeah. In my like top, top 10 Disney movies that I tell them to watch. Yeah. Most of them would come from the next era, which is of course the Renaissance, sometimes called the second golden age which is going to be our third episode in this series, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, this, this more or less brings us to the end of looking at the films that happened after the go- the first golden age.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on it?
1: Um, it It's funny. Cause I, I sitting here and trying to prep for this episode, I didn't really know what we were going to talk about. Like it, you know, generally when we sit down, I have a, have an idea about what I want to say and where I want to go and this one, for the most part, this is a set of films that I get are culturally significant for some of them and and do some beautiful things with animation. Like, we haven't really talked about how gorgeous some of these films are. C- Cinderella yeah. is absolutely a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. But they don't... like A lot of this stuff just doesn't stick with me and it doesn't matter to me in the same way that we're going to see the next set of films mattering. And... And so I guess it's kind of like this is kind of a meandering journey through 30 years of film. But I maybe that was what it always had to be for us.
0: Yeah, you know, I think to me that my my final final thought is like uh, looking at the Golden Age film, like the the original five, uh, Snow White, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, and Bambi. When you look at those, it's like you do see what is the beginnings of Disney movies, right? Like you see them, the... The, the what Walt is trying to achieve and the playfulness and the magic and the animated objects and the talking animals and the musicals and all these singing and dancing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the Silver Age, you start seeing Walt achieve, uh, like, eat, polish what he was working on mm. he, with Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan and stuff and, like, get them, get, like, you still see him sort of honing those same skills. And he's like, it's like he's figured it out and now he's just like, boom, 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 let's make some awesome movies. And then the Bronze Era, when Walt left, it was the rest of Disney trying to figure out how to keep doing what Walt was doing, but also make it their own. Yeah. And I think that's an important part of this Bronze Age, that where the movies got bad because they were trying to make it their own and not just do what Walt wanted them to do. Which is why it takes a dip here until we get into, and you can see where it's going, is into the Renaissance, where we take... What Walt was trying to do and what these this new generation was trying to do, and put them together and it works right
1: yeah no that's that's absolutely I think a, a great way to articulate it.
0: yeah, so I'm looking forward to talking about the Renaissance because that is where we get to talk about I think um, where uh, my top five Disney movies live
1: I I yeah I sorry,
0: think... top four.
1: Because you really liked Wreck It Ralph,
0: The Sword and the Stone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. Well, I'll, I'll see you next week, where we will we will talk about how we're both Renaissance kids.
0: Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Uh, love you. Love you. That's a weird way to end. That.
1: That's super weird, but you know. Let's
0: end it. Let's end it like this. Let's end it like this. All right. Well. See you later. No, that's not a good way to end it. No. I, okay. How about we How about we end it like this? How about we end it like this. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, keep using those bare necessities.
1: <laughs> we're We're
0: keeping <laughs> that one because it's so dumb. All right. How about this one? Legend told that when they pulled a sword from the stone, he would be king of England. No, don't use that one. No. Right? no. About, no, um... no, we've got it. We're fine. You. Okay. How about this one? How about this one? All right, Steve well, well, um, just remember uh, don't lose your head. No? Okay, how about this? Wait, um, remember what the Dormouse said? No? Okay, how about this one? Um, well, Steve we better uh, finish this podcast because uh, otherwise uh, one of us is going to turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> Nailed
1: it.